Hey guys, David Tao here. We are bringing you an episode from our archives this week. This recording I did with Jen Wiederstrom uh, a little over a year and a half ago. I really enjoyed the episode, and I hope you all do too. We'll be back with a brand new episode of the Barbed Podcast next week. We had a full-fledged psycho- uh, say psychology testing you know, like a 500 question quiz, you had to sit with a psychiatrist. And by the way, there were gladiators that were picked that did not pass their psych test and did not get the job. So like, it's legit. Like if you don't pass, you don't get to play. Welcome to the Bar Band Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barband.com. Today, I'm talking to Jen Wiederstrom, a trainer and athlete best known for her work on The Biggest Loser and American Gladiators. We chat about Jen's unlikely path to a fitness career, from college athlete to bartender to accidental fitness model, then an incredible series of events that rocketed her into the national spotlight on American Gladiators. Jen also gives some really surprising details on what that show was like behind the scenes. We also talk about Jen's approach to training elite athletes versus celebrity clients, how COVID-19 could forever change personal training, and we also find some surprising common ground as Chicago sports fanatics. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. Jen, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fanboy for just a second. <laughs> the first time I ever came across your name or your face, it wasn't even your name, was in 2008. I was in college and I was watching American Gladiators, and I didn't give you any heads up that that's what I was going to start this no. recording with. <laughs> so I, I do apologize, but sorry, not sorry. How did that come about? How did you end up on the American Gladiators reboot, dude? I mean. Talk about dream come true. Just like any other kid that was born in the 80s or late 70s, when when I would see Zap on camera or like Nitro, I mean, forget it. Like I would go bananas. And so I had dressed up as an American gladiator for Halloween since I was a kid through like I was college and like beyond. So I, to say that I was a fan like is, is an understatement. And what had happened is I was like bartending in Chicago, not using my degree, um, and just drinking a lot. And I had a blast by the way. Um, I, I was, I was, I, I did one photo shoot, one fitness modeling photo shoot for optimum nutrition. And I mean, I thought I was like a, a millionaire cause they gave me like, it's like 300 bucks or something for like to own all the rights to all the photos. I was like, these guys are idiots. I'm not even a model. I just made $300 in like an hour. Like, this is great, you know? And I was like 24. And um, turns out they used those photos in like Flex Magazine, Muscle and Fitness, all of, you know, to push the, the, the protein or whatever I was there selling. And sure enough, the casting directors for Gladiators saw the photos and said, oh, she'd be a good Gladiator. Fast forward, I got an email, which I for sure thought was a total joke and hoax to my friends that were in Chicago because I have really funny friends. And uh, they wanted me to come audition, and I, and that's just how it started. And I remember I, I, I like dyed my hair pink, gave me a really small outfit, and said, you're Phoenix. And I said, let's do this. <laughs> you said, you said, 
Cool. Yes, I am. They're like, how do you um, think about that? I go, anything you want. Yes. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding? <laughs> so I, I have to ask because obviously photo, I mean, if you've, if you've been in this, in the sports performance and training space for a while, as you, as you have aesthetics and look, doesn't necessarily translate to skill on, to athleticism. Right. No. Uh, it, in fact, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes there's it's like very counterintuitive. So, what was your what was your audition like? Because it just purely based on a photo shoot, they called you in. What did you have to do? Yeah. So, the first was like I had to do a tape. So I had to do like the questionnaire. You did like you know show forms of like identification because I do a background check, and then I had to show videos of me like doing skills. So like, I was like repping out pull-ups, but like the moment, like, by the way, when I say repping out, I'm using quotation fingers, I got to like four and I started to struggle. And then like, I cut my tape to like me running on a track. <laughs> and, then, like, and then I, I, like, I just like tried to make myself, it was like the sizzle reel. Right. And, and so it was enough to at least get me an audition in person. In person was a little bit different. I mean, we had a full fledged psycho- uh, say psychology testing you know, like a 500 question quiz, you had to sit with a psychiatrist. And by the way, there were gladiators that were picked that did not pass their psych test and did not get the job. So like, it's legit. Like if you don't pass, you don't get to play. And then we had like the VO2 max test. Like I checked your heart, they did EKGs, but skill wise, I mean, they just threw our asses on the implements and said, uh, climb that wall. And I was like, okay. And then I remember biggest mistake of my life, uh, also, one of the best decisions, um, Gina Carano, who had no idea who she was. And, and at that time in 2008, like she was the woman, um, the, the female leader figure, like mega queen in, in MMA. She was the first one that was out there, showed a lot of strength and was like super hot. So I had no idea though. I just knew this girl, Gina, was good. And they said, hey, why don't you try wrestling with Gina? I was like, great. Let's do this. My dad wrestled. That sounds, that sounds that sounds terrifying. That Ooh, sounds absolutely terrifying. I had no idea who she was. So I was like, this will be <laughs> fine. I did college sports. I don't fuck. I'll be fine. Bro, I could not turn my head to the left for like four weeks. And like what we wrestled, and like I don't know what I was doing. I just was doing what I thought a wrestler looked like. I have no idea, but I was strong. And so the producers just saw, okay, she fought, she tries hard. She's pretty strong. Like Gina's not completely tossing her around, although Gina flipped me many times. And I think they just threw us in the apparatuses. Like they put me on the joust against Helga. And like, I just didn't, I didn't cry and I didn't fall off. She hit me so many times that I just took it. So it's not like there was this massive skill. I just think I was resilient and capable enough, especially on like rings and wall, which are, which are very difficult upper body events for women. But I think because I did gymnastics for so long, I felt very comfortable and it just kind of worked out. I, I, the other thing, Dave, like, is this turns into a very long winded answer. Um, if I suck, they just want to use me. They could give me the job and say, yep, you're not going to film anymore. Like it doesn't, there's no rules in TV. You can, they can Mm -hmm. literally just not use you. Yeah. And it's not, it is not like a competition in that you're not, you're not being tested exactly on like your hundred yard dash time. And if you have to make it or not, they're making a show, they need to make it entertaining. They need people who can move, but who can also be entertaining, who can play to the camera. And yeah, well, and I honestly think too, I always joke that the reason they picked me was because I was the most beatable. I mean, you had like, 
professional MMA fighters. Like on the guy side, Tunawai Reed is the rock stunt double. Like this man, like these people will eat you for breakfast. And it's like, hi, I'm Jenny from Lyle. I bartend and I wasn't as big and I wasn't as strong and I wasn't as fast. And so when I would compete, like sometimes the contestants were bigger than me. So I was, so it was the, I didn't care about a show. It was my ego. I'm like, I am not losing this event. <laughs> so it was like a better battle. Otherwise, like you put Gina, you know, uh, in the ring with some random girl from Nebraska, they're getting their ass kicked. You know, it's not fun TV. So. Well, you say you were bartending at the time, but you, you were also clearly still training. You were a college athlete. Fitness was, yeah. you know, Kind of. Oh, oh, was was, was it was a kind of just a kind of okay? Yeah, I mean, I did sports as a kid. I, we we we've always been like a physical labor household. Like we, my parents to this day, they're in their seventies. They grow their own vegetables. So when I was like five years old, I'm carrying buckets of water to like water the t- tomatoes and the potatoes. So we've been a very physical culture in our house. And then um, I did you know gymnastics growing up, and in college, I ended up you know being in uh, you know a nationally competitive hammer thrower. So. I was very strong and I had a lot of foundation. So by the time I got done with college, I just was like, you know, eating and drinking the same and just um, not really working out very much and just relied on years of muscle to try to kind of keep me in one place. So I really, I I definitely started to get, get chubby and I I had to rein in the, I had to rein in the Chipotle. Um, And then it was, it was actually, you know, the thought of gladiators happening made me really clean up my, clean my act up and get my shit together. Cause I was not Cause I, training. Cause I was, I, yeah, I was looking in, in researching this. I was looking back at the old American gladiators, like yeah. footage, watching it on YouTube, watching the stills. You definitely don't look chubby in front of the camera there. It was oh, like, no, I was trying my, I was trying. So I was doing like the morning cardio, but I was like doing like bodybuilder stuff. I'm like, gotcha, I just need gotcha. to look good. Like I was like winded. I was not in shape. And if anybody listening is a thrower, they're going to know what I mean. We are not cardiovascular beings. Like from about zero to six to eight seconds, I am really, really powerful and you better watch out. But after that, like, forget it. Like I can't, I can't like three burpees in a row felt like a lifetime to me with that kind of training. So it, you know, I was, I looked like in shape, but I, I was in poor, poor shape. I mean, this is the Barband podcast, so you'll find a lot of forgiveness for that. I mean, we have a lot of people listening who are CrossFitters, and they can do stuff across all time domains. We also have a lot of powerlifters and weightlifters and strongman athletes. Those are my people. (laughs) And I've heard it from so many strongman athletes. They're like, you know, you give me eight seconds, I'll outperform anyone. Oh, yeah. On a global level, I I can do this. Uh, okay. So I, I was under the interpretation so that this is my fault. I was under the interpretation that you were kind of in this fitness career trajectory, even before gladiators. No. It, sounds, it sounds like gladiators was the springboard to that part of your career. I think it was a springboard to TV. I mean, cause you know, we we're filming in LA and then the show gets canceled and I'm like, well, now what do I do? Do I get asked for my bartending job back? Like what, where, and my degree, I went to university of Kansas. I'm like, do I, do I, my degrees in sports administration. Do I try to work back with the university? Like I really didn't know what I was going to do. And my folks are great. They're like, listen, home is always going to be here. Stay in LA, see what you can do. Just give it a shot, whatever that looks like. So I thought I was hot shit, like save some of that gladiator money, got myself to LA. And within like a month and a half, I was like, Oh, I can't afford to live here. <laughs> and I was like, I had all quote, like all this money saved. And I had not enough. I'm like, I have let, I have, I can't make it more than I can't make it six months. I'm like, I can't make it a half a year. And so I was like, okay, I need to make money. 
and I need to figure out a gym. I, I'm like, I got to just, cause I was getting really depressed. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, I should start working out and I should start making money. And so I, I what started my fitness career was not until 2009, like the year after gladiators. And then I, I tried to be the greeter at a gym. Um, it's called Pulse Fitness Studio, and it's still in Sherman Oaks, California. And I'm like, I just want to swipe people in and say hi, because then I can get a free membership, and then I can make like an hourly rate. And the owner thought, he, Mark Herrera, you know, he's the one that gave me my start in LA, and just said, "Oh, I don't know, you've got a, you got quite a personality. I, I think you should coach." And I said, "Oh God, no, never. I am not coaching. I just want to greet people." And he gave me a free membership and said, "Just start to take my classes. Start to learn. Just watch." And so I eventually had the courage to start teaching group classes and it was like treadmills and like dumbbells and bands and stuff. So, you know, kind of like a little bit of a circuit vibe and I started teaching and I would have like two, maybe three people come to my class. And then at one point I had like six or seven and I was like, Oh my God, I'm at 10. I'm at double digits. And within a year I was at like, I was at capacity, like 30 plus people in my class. And so it started just to pay the rent. And I started having fun and I started to realize that I had this greater uh, purpose in me um, as a coach. And I, I just love the way uh, fitness to me was a conduit for such greater things. You know, when people were consistent and feeling good in the gym, they were feeling better about themselves. They would make better eye contact. They would walk a little taller. Maybe they bought like a brighter t-shirt to wear at the class. And those nuances just opened up a whole chapter in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh there is something else here. Cause up to that point I was only training for performance in college or for looks for gladiators. And I never knew there was another layer. Did you ever get in those early days of, of training? Did you ever get recognized? People would come to your class and they'd be like, Hey, were you on that show or something like that? Oh, I wish they did. I was so fame hungry. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be awesome. Everyone's going to recognize me because my hair is pink. And like, I, I mean, no, like, no, Nobody cared, not, especially not in LA. Like, dude, like a good sighting is of Eddie Murphy's in your coffee shop. Like that is something to be excited about. But like me, I'm a, nobody cared. And it was actually really um, the right thing for me mentally because I, I needed to start from the ground up and earn it is, you know, being on a show for five minutes certainly doesn't, it, it should not be rewarded with any sort of fame. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people underestimate, especially about the crossover. When, when fitness goes mainstream, yeah. oftentimes that crossover is fleeting. We see it with, I guess, American Gladiators was like an earlier version of this. You know, it, people who have appearances on American Ninja Warrior, awesome show. People who yeah. might have appearances on on whatever fitness kind of touches that mainstream. The Titan Games is another example of a show where it's like we saw strength athletes get a taste of the mainstream. You know, just because you're on that show, just because you do well on one of those shows, it's not like you're getting a residual check for a million bucks a month for the rest of your life. That's just not how it works. and That's not the reality. And a lot of people who are in the fitness industry and have a taste of that mainstream stardom or that mainstream exposure, I, I mean, they have to find a different way to lever that after it's over. Mm. Dude, so well said. I, I think I think what changed it all, frankly, was you, the when YouTube really exploded, and 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 these obviously these you know continued progressions of Instagram, and now we've got TikTok. But you you realize when I look at look at us, we watch Gladiators, we watch Nitro, and I was like, oh my god, the only man stronger than my father is Nitro and Gemini. And, and, and I honestly, I grew up watching Conan the Barbarian, like Arnold was always number one for me, but like, that was it. Like to me, 
that TV screen, I was watching gods. I was watching superhumans and it was so like, talk about Fitzbo, right? Like their biceps are bigger than my face. And, and now you just go to YouTube and guys like that dime a dozen, you know, and, and they are still gods to me. They're superhuman. We haven't, what's what to me, like, it, it, it exploded our world of saying, wow, there's a lot of us. It's brought communities together. I think that's why CrossFit was such a special, um, special little kind of development because you know, all these like-minded people that say, oh, we care about like working hard. We care about getting stronger. And I think it showed these people that were non-athletes previously that they could be athletic. Maybe they're not competing for the Bears, but they're athletic and that's exciting. And like when you can be athletic and you can work towards something, my mom is 70 and still crossfits and feels pride. Cause she's like, Oh my gosh, Jennifer, I did my wall balls all broken. doesn't matter that she's using eight pound ball. It doesn't matter that she's not squatting ass to grass. It matters that she did her reps unbroken and there's nothing more powerful than pride. So when you look at like these facets, you know, you can't just be in a show now and think it's going to catapult you because we've got to large than life people everywhere. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think honestly, the only show that's still doing it is like the bachelor and bachelorette. Cause people like fall in love with the guys and the girls mm. from like their couches. And that's the only exception to that rule. <laughs> you, you, I just have to say, and we did not talk about this beforehand. You mentioning the Chicago bears on this podcast was the right move. Bear oh. down. I'm a lifelong bears fan. Hello. So I just want to, I just want to say this is going so well. I'm talking to one of my old American gladiators idols and she mentioned the Chicago bears. David, David. Okay. Ready? Who would win a game between Ditka (laughs) and Jesus? I, I, it's a a trick. It's a trick question. It's a trick question. No, that's a different one. Ready? Oh, it's a different. Oh, it's uh, been, okay. Who would, gonna, who would, who would win Jen? Who would win? I'm going to have to give that one to Ditka because Jesus is wearing sandals. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back and watch some old, some you old skits. Dude, nothing is, nothing's better. And it's like that guy, Norm from Cheers. So good. Okay. So I have to, I have to say now, so you, these days, I think you're, you're much better known for you know your time on the biggest loser mm-hmm. you're you're but but it's not just that you're in a lot of different places like when uh when Conan O'Brien and Kevin Hart are working out <laughs> right you're their you're you're their trainer right when someone sent me that video they're like check this out I was like oh I recognize her that's oh. I, like I because we have like friends of friends I don't know yeah. like don't know you super well but I was like oh I recognize her so how did you kind of become this go-to person for the crossover between, you know, Hollywood and entertainment. And then it's like, okay, we're actually going to do some real fitness here. Oh gosh. First of all, just thanks for saying that and for that acknowledgement. Um, I, I really think that it's far less about, you know, followers and who's the most popular and what, who, you know, what famous people am I friends with? And I really think it's about like, you've got these key moral pillars that I was, I was founded on through my parents. You know, it's like, be a good person, tell the truth, follow through, always give your best, like, you know, work hard. Like these are the, these are, these are the foundations of who I am. And you'll see that consistently year after year, whether I was training with only three people in my class to the biggest loser when I had millions of people every week, the only consistency among all of that was my ability to be 
consistent in those pillars. And I think that's why when my name is spoken, it's, it's spoken with confidence. It's spoken in a way that people can count on me and it means something because what we see, uh, I think my qualities are highlighted in a positive way because as we expand, we see a lot of people not living with, with in like with care, with consideration, with honesty, with doing their best and with the intent to serve. You know, Gunnar Peterson, I talk about this all the time. Like we love being trainers. We love cleaning up your sweat. We love being in service of what your needs are, whether you're a professional athlete, you know, a mama three or whatever this may be, you know, whatever we love this and that's our role. And I think too many trainers, um, have, have forgotten their place which is to be in service of others, not to be taking pictures of their backside and posting fake workouts, you know, and we've gotten away from where we need to be. And as leaders, you know, especially now we just need our coaches back. So I, I think, I think that's what it is when I'm given a chance to, to show uh, who I am. You always, you always get the best and you know, you can count on me. Well, I mean, a big portion of your time these days is still training people, yes. whether it's it's one-on-one or it's groups. You're, you're not one of those people. I mean, you have a lot of followers on social media, but you're certainly not one of those people who's just strictly monetizing, you know, swimsuit photos, right? You're, yeah. you're working with people each and each and every day. In fact, we opened, before we started recording, you were talking about working with a client and that's yeah. why where you, you're where you are right now, like in a physical sense. Yeah, I, I think that's what's kept me in reality. Um, as I said earlier, you know, thank God Gladiators got canceled and because I needed to be grounded and, and earn my way not to fame, but as a human, there are lessons that we have to, you earn by hard work, you earn through action, you earn, you know, as you learn. And a lot of things are given these days. And I, I, I know that I have been fighting this digital uh, anomaly of coaching. I, and I call it an anomaly because the way I coach is in front of someone. I, I will, I will tell you, you know, Bert Soren is the one that kind of brought this to my attention about like really being good at three feet, you know, right there with someone present, connected, listening and understanding. And I'm, I'm really, really in love with that process, but trying to create that feeling of three feet in, in a, in a, in a way where I've got, you know, billions of people on a planet and I'm having a hard time scaling the feeling I can create as a coach as I do with my one-on-ones as I do through this digital process. And and a big thing I've been trying to do the last, gosh, almost two years now is really understanding, you know, is it through, you know, I've tried different like app platforms. I've tried different streaming platforms and I'm like, I'm not getting to connect. I'm missing the best part about this coaching, which is the people part. Like I always joke, like a weight, the waistline is a side effect of what's going on for you. If you're in a good place. You're going to get skinnier. If you're in a bad place, you're probably going to get fatter. Like forget looks like anybody can make you lose weight, but to sustain it, to earn it and to own it is a far different set of coaching. And I think that a lot of times, you know, that gets skipped. And I think there's a lot of, um, uh, considerations that aren't being made in coaching. And so for me, I'm utilizing what I do as a one-on-one coach and trying to say, okay, how can I take this and broaden it and scale it? So like, for instance, like I'm on my social media right now. Like, I mean, we're all quarantined. So I bought one of those dang ring lights with the, the, the kickstand and all the shit. Oh, the, uh, the, the influencer lights, the oh, selfie lights. Yes. I bought one. It's, 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 I got a good one though, David. I did not, I, I really went all in here and I'm, I'm filming in, you know, in Boca, Florida, 
like in my, in my little Airbnb, like I'm, I'm doing like 50 videos a week, filming, filming, filming. And then I'm having them edited together. So I can just go on my Instagram just for free. I'm like, people just need a resource. They need humor. They need energy. They need order, but they need love. And I'm like, I'm really good at those things. So that's what I'm going to try to do. doesn't matter if I gain one more follower. I really could give a fuck, but I want the people there to know that they've got support. And it's again, our responsibility to do so as, as wellness leaders. Okay, I gotta, I gotta ask, how many TikTok dances have you recorded in quarantine? Oh, girl, I don't do TikTok. Come on, I'm, I'm, jo- I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. I know, dude. Did you see the one? Uh, it was funny. Corey Gregory, um, he he did one, and I like kind of went viral. Corey's like the most shredded dad ever. He'll do like bodybuilding shows. Such a hard worker. Great, great guy. And did um did a TikTok dance that like went viral, and his kids were like, Dad come on, you're like embarrassing us. So like, I feel like that's what would happen. I'm like, I don't feel like a TikTok's my bag. Uh, so Barbend is on TikTok and I, I don't really do anything on TikTok, but I was informed by a member of our team recently who who handles most of our TikTok posting that the video that's done best on Barbend involves the the butt test involves the butt test where you try and roll a barbell that's loaded with like 45 pound plates over someone's butt. And if it can't roll over their butt, they pass the butt test and it's of my butt. So, oh my God, you're famous, David. Like 200,000 times on TikTok, someone's watched a barbell not pass over my ass, which is just, that's honestly the best thing I've heard during this quarantine. But what is the, but like, what's the, you're like, I could go another six months. I am good. Um, Wait a second. Is it the same for girls? Like, do I get like, do I get a, that's not fair. It's of course it's well it's okay actually okay so I don't know I this is not something this is like an this is like a pre Instagram quote unquote viral challenge that my old weightlifting gym outside of Boston we did like someone told us about it they're like do you pass the butt I think it was called like the man test but that's not really fair they just called the butt test and it was like do you load a bar you have to load it you have to lie flat on your stomach okay right? and you can't you can't like prop yourself up on anything you're flat your hips are on the ground your chest is on the ground. And you just take a barbell and you load it with, you know, normal diameter plates. And there's always a little bit of areas with normal diameter plates. And you have someone try and roll it over your butt. And if, if your butt stops it, you've passed the test. Are you, are you allowed to squeeze your butt? Are you tensing? You can, I think you can tense. I didn't have to, Jen, I I didn't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to bend the rules for this. Um, but (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with you, but yeah, you have to, you have to not, you you can't like be you can't like be up on your arms you can't you know raise anything I think you can tense I think you but I don't think tensing gives you that much more height on your butt I think it I think, would. It, I think my butt peaks when I tense for sure and plus well, you, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it resist the barbell I think about like pushing a like it would be harder to get the barbell over I I have to say that like I I'm not sure when the time was when my butt became big enough from from it's not even squatting I think it's from deadlifts I've always been more of a puller than a squatter oh deadlift booty good for you and and it's just yeah and I I think first off we can talk about this at an, an, on another episode but I, mm-hmm. I think for for glute training uh, pulls are, are are very underrated but anyway uh, yeah so you'll have to try this um, I'm worried to fail I just feel like it's not fair. Because as a woman, I'm naturally smaller and lower to like, like I'm a size four, six. So like what, like I'm trying to think what like my waist is going to be like, think about how much thicker your body is. Hmm. You're already, so your, your base, that's like your, your torso. Let's just talk torso. You're going to be elevated, which, and since you're, how tall are you? 
I, I say I'm six feet tall. I'm definitely not six feet okay, tall. Okay, so we're we're almost we're like practically six feet tall. You obviously, if you're deadlifting, if you're a puller, you've got really strong lifts. Your quads are elevating you. I just feel like you you've got like an assist. It's like me laying on an extra rubber mat. I just uh, what I will say is I try it and in confidence. And if you don't like the re- if you don't like the result, you can just let me know and be like, look, this is what happened. But I think you might be underselling yourself. I mean, like, I think I've seen I- <laughs> I've seen women pass the butt test with flying. This is by the way, this went in a much stranger direction than I yeah, thought it would go. Here we are. Um, <laughs> But I think I think plenty of women can, especially in this industry, can pass with flying with flying colors. And there's a lot to be there's a lot to be proud of as far as your ass if you lift weights. And that just goes for everyone. That's not a you specific thing. Like it's a lot of pride we can all share in. I think I'm gonna do it, record it, and post it on TikTok, and that will be my only TikTok video. That'll be the only TikTok video. Ever. You're done. You're and done. Gonna, and my, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. My only goal is to beat your two hundred thousand views. I just want to beat you. That's it. You you can definitely you can post it on Instagram and beat that. And that 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 <laughs> that platform doesn't have as much virality. You I mean you can't compare it. Like no one follows me. People follow Barbed. This but no would one cares be about David. a great social experiment. Oh my gosh! Can I get if I post an Instagram? Can I get two hundred thousand views of a bar trying to get past my butt? <laughs> I, I absolutely, I absolutely love this. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I, and it's going to, this is great because I'm not saying the, no. <laughs> I will say, I, I will say as someone who does not have a big personal social media following someone coming to me and just out of the blue being like, Hey, a lot of people are watching this video of your large, butt." yeah, I was kind of like, that's awesome. Kinda like I get, why, I get why people go the influencer route. Cause I was like, that feels good. Oh, yeah. It feels weird. Ego, e- ego's uh ego's a slippery slope, man. i've had i've had a taste pretty soon it's just going to be all just like me doing hip thrusts and glute bridges and all this this stuff you're you're five minutes away from that just hang in there (laughs) (laughs) so completely changing the conversation back to something a little bit more appropriate yeah i did have this on my notes to ask you um you back to the whole point or back to the the topic of you working with a lot of very famous people and being a go-to for someone who's good on camera who can talk real fitness and who puts people through real movements. I referenced like when you worked with Conan O'Brien and Kevin Hart, you yeah. have them doing actual, like actual movements. It's not just them sitting there doing bicep curls with five pound dumbbells. Who, who have you worked with who is like sneaky fit, who people might not necessarily expect? Ooh. Okay. So there's this guy, he's a really incredible actor and his name's Matt Laria. Matt Alaria, L-A-U-R-I-A. He, I think, got on the acting scene and really made like a splash. It was at that Friday Night Lights show or whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, and one of the best shows I've ever seen, he was on this show called Kingdom. And Kingdom is like this MMA gym in Venice. And you've got Jonathan Tucker as one of the MMA guys, Matt Loria, like incredible, like great cast. One of the Jonas brothers is in there. And, and it's basically this underground kind of understanding of like guys that are in the MMA scene, like trying to make it, what's training like. And then Matt, who in real life is like married, has two daughters, is vegan, like, you know, lovely person is playing this guy. And his, his like tagline in the show is the destroyer. And he's like an addict and accidentally killed his father because he was enraged and like has all these crazy tattoos. So like one of the best shows I've ever seen. And they had like four seasons and ended up stopping it. 
But that guy, like we, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I need to gain muscle. I need to get super lean. By the way, I'm vegan. I was like, you could, and how much time do we have? I can, I can just, I, so I can, I wish all the audience could see your face right now when you make that in- expression. It's like a pain smile. It's like, oh, oh and it's like, okay. God bless. Like they're, it's amazing. And with the effort and his wife, is like, I mean, I would go to their house and she made, I'm like, I can be vegan forever if you cook for me. But there's a lot of variables when you look at macros and what was so incredible about his, you know, his sneaky athleticism is like, he, he's working with real grapplers. He's working with real jujitsu guys. Like he was doing the full training and the stuff he did with me. Like I was, I mean, I was giving him crazy athletic plyometrics, like from powerlifting. So like his ability positionally was just incredible. And so I think that what was sneaky about him more than what I noticed more than like any other famous person I've worked with, like his mindset, he was so go. And I've worked with professional athletes and Matt, as you know, a guy that lives in LA with his wife and kids and acts was more focused, more dialed, more mind to body connection than I've ever experienced with another human. And I was like, how, who, where, how, where did you come from? You know? So, and it was really fun because then they would do these matches in the actual show. And obviously it's like staged fighting, but like, I was like, I feel like he's really a fight. Like I would call him by his show name sometimes during the workouts. Cause like, I, I was just like blown away by his athleticism. So definitely Matt Laria, he was a sneaker. I, I appreciate that. That's one that I, I don't know what I was expecting here. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think a lot of people like Kevin Hart's very athletic. I know you've worked with him and oh. I don't know how much content's come out on like the mainstream fitness publications about like Kevin Hart actually athletic. It's like, yeah, okay. That's, you can be athletic and be famous. Yeah. Well, Kevin was interesting. I mean, that was, I mean, listen, they're like, Hey, Conan O'Brien need you to coach him for an episode. I'm like, I'm obsessed. I, he think I watch him all the time. I love him. Yes, 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 yes. And then we were on this planning call and they were, the producers like, okay, Conan this, and then Kevin's going to come in. Like, how do we, I'm like, Hey, Kevin is a, 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 a producer. Is this someone I need to meet? They're like, Oh no, no, no. Kevin Hart's going to be in this with him. And I was like, Oh my God, I think I just shit my pants. I'm like, I've got to, I've got to now coach Conan and Kevin, two of like people that I think are so funny. And, and I was like, I'm not going to hold it together. I'm not going to make it. I'm like, Oh my God, you're going to look like such an idiot. And so then, I mean, and I've done live television. I have done so many TV shows. I was more nervous about filming these two hours with those men than anything else I've ever done. And I remember I get there and I talked to Kev and I talked to Con and they were like really kind and like, we, whatever you say, Jen. And, and the producers were like, okay, you're in charge. You're, you got to work them out hard. And I came up with like, again, I'm not doing curls. I'm not doing like, I'm like, I brought in medicine balls. I really wanted to make it dynamic and fun and give them chances to kind of play off each other, but actually really work them. And of course the producers go to them and say, okay, don't listen to a word Jen says. And like, like, so, I mean, there are times, I mean, there's gotta be bloopers. I'm sure if you go on YouTube, the amount of things that were happening, like, like Conan was trying to get me to check his pulse on his femoral artery and Kevin, like, and we, we were all peeing our pants laughing. Um, but in the midst of it all, I mean, like anything I told Kevin to do, he picked up so quickly and he's actually so in, in control of his body and aware he could like do bad on purpose. Like he, like he was so with it. He could do like anything and very strong. And Conan surprisingly, like he's goofing off, but he like did great. Like of course they're not going to show them looking really like studly, but both those dudes, like I was very impressed with. 
Jen, I, I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate the inside scoop on oh, what's yeah. become a, a very famous video. Um, <laughs> you, you and uh, Conan and Kevin, we are oh, kind of yeah. coming up on the on the end of the podcast, but I, and, oh, and I do admit, I, I'm I, sorry. I, no, no, it's all it's all it's all good. It's just uh, I just wanted um, because I know you have. Well, we're going to have to have you on again. I know that you have a lot more going on, and what I want to ask is, where can people keep up to date with what you're with what you're doing, basically? Yeah, I mean, social media is easy. It's just my full name, Jen, single end Jen Wiederstrom. And I'm sure Dave will throw that up in the copy somewhere. But uh, and I do do a, like a, a newsletter every week or two uh, at Wiederstrom.com. Sign up. I do all kinds of um, free content from recipes and workouts to discounts from my CBD company. Um, just try to keep you guys informed and supported. And uh, that's about it. Wait, Weeder we Strong is your website? Yeah, I get God, it. That's good. That's get so it. good. Yeah, sometimes when did you come, when, when did you come up with that? Uh, I, I didn't. It was Mark Bell. <laughs> Mark Bell, because he's a wordsmith and just a crazy man that thinks of the coolest shit. Hashtag slingshot, right? And he, I was on my book tour a few years ago. And I went through Sacramento and he hosted me and we did like a whole like fun day and like took me to dinner with his wife. Like, But the best part was that he gave me my own weight belt and like t-shirts and he like the super training is this ST. And so he put weeder ST like strong. And so it was Mark Bell that, that came up with weeder strong back in 2017. So I got to credit my man. That's, that's better than anything you could pay a marketing firm for. That's no, just I'm like, I'm going to use this. He's like, yeah, you should. I can't. <laughs> He's like, it's your fucking last name. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> Yeah. Jen, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be sure to show, uh, post all that up in the, in the show notes. And I, I really appreciate your time today. You got it, my man. 